demons really are mysterious. They're like gods who can give others hope or despair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cathedral of Shadows and Megami Tensei podcast. It is the last one, folks, and it's been a long road indeed, but I think all good things must come to an end. So I'm Razin. I'm Katsu. And uh, we thought we'd just make this one, you know, a nice little send-off. Still gonna talk about some news and stuff like that. Also want to talk about the podcast, thank some people, that sort of thing, as a final little farewell thing. We have a shit ton of emails to read. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but, uh, how about that Dancing All Night coming out? Uh, yeah, it came out, and, uh, I haven't paid much attention to it since it dropped. Um, yeah. I haven't really either. I I was more excited for it before I knew it was going to be 50 bucks, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to pay that much for a rhythm game that I'm not sure. Yeah, the price tag, like killed it even even a dachi being announced wasn't enough it was I, like hey it's a dachi and at the same time oh 50 bucks like i'm in the same shoes as the people that like did this for like smt4 devil survivor 2 persona q where it's like i'm not sure if i like this enough to spend 50 on it um i liked three out of the four enough to spend 50 also, too, the fact, because, like, you know, everyone's uh, everyone's getting pretty pumped because they have that special Disco Fever Edition thing coming out, and mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, it looks cool, but then I remembered that the Persona Q Wildcard Edition, Kate, like, it sometimes goes for $30 on Amazon, and they made a big deal of, like, that possibly being super rare and stuff and it's gonna be super rare and limited yeah and, and it's like oh hey it's 30 bucks on amazon what yeah i think they made more than they needed to scoop this up real quick yeah um so i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna wait a bit it's probably one of those games i'll buy on sale it's atlas <laughs> There will be a sale for Dancing All Night at some point. Well, I think this. Well, I think with Dancing All Night, the Megami Tensei franchise has covered nearly every single genre except racing. Racing platformer. There, yeah. Character action. There's a few. Beat 'em up, hack and There's slash. Beat 'em up and hack and slash are the same thing. It's just that one guy has a weapon, another guy is whatever. Um, minor gripe, but. Yeah. In other Dancing All Night news, though, uh, have you seen the backlash to Risei's English voice? That is yeah, ridiculous. I don't, I don't, I don't really notice a major difference. It's like Laura Bailey with a cold to me. It sounds a uh, lot different to me. So, but uh, so I guess is whatever. Okay, so I'm I'm hey, gonna. Hey, is still voiced by Johnny and Bosch. <laughs> hey. 
I'm uh, I'm gonna look at the trailer real quick just to see the like dislike ratio. All right, we're at 354 likes, 336 dislikes. Um, that's worse than the uh, sharp FE trailers <laughs> when those it's came out. As bad as when the Persona 4 Arena uh, tutorials tutorial trailers came out and they first showed uh, Teddy's new voice. Oh, really? And, yeah, that one had like a thousand, almost two thousand dislikes, I think. See, I didn't give a shit because like that Teddy sounds literally the same to me. Like, Kanji, Naoto, I can hear the the change. Uh, Resay this one, I think I, I can definitely hear the change. I don't... Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think she's particularly good and like... Depending on the line, she falters between okay and this kind of sucks, uh, which is kind. The problem is they had her talk too much in the trailer. Also, too, um, she's the same voice actress who did Ray from Persona Q, and I had the same problem with Ray, where when Ray is like talking calmly, I'm like, oh, she sounds adorable, and then she's like, oh my god, corn dogs, and I'm like, oh my god, shut the fuck up, but. Um, (laughs) it's true though like it's like oh that's a nice little character trait and then she doesn't stop talking about food and it's like I just want to crawl through the dungeons right but um, it's like god damn it right (laughs) the corn corn dog thing does not hold tearing his family apart it it doesn't hold through a 60 some odd hour JRPG Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she uh, is better in the actual game when that comes out, and people will be less mad. I, I do think the reaction's a little overblown because it's overblown. But at the same time, you had no idea how many fans Laura Bailey has. Yeah, I, I mean, I I like Laura They're Bailey less a lot fans too. Say and more fans of her <laughs> work. I, yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I really like I, I like Risa a lot. She's possibly my favorite p4 character uh i really like laura bailey's take on her character so i was kind of bummed to see this but at the same time too uh, well actually i do want to say one thing it really sucks that with the state of just her work schedule or whatever there's a problem you always see with english stuff more so than japanese voice acting stuff yeah. i feel but like it really sucks that for the what is basically the Risei game they could not get Risei's voice actress back yeah because scheduling conflicts yeah and that really sucks but also too i think people need to keep in mind that when you ask for a speedy localization stuff like this is gonna happen yeah, you have to cut you have to cut corners it's... If, if like dancing all night took a year to localize then they, they probably have more of a chance to get laura bailey back and not just laura bailey too but like an ultimax with kanji's voice actor troy baker and naoto's original actress they probably would have gotten them back faster than they probably would have gotten them back in time if they stalled the localization even longer that's just a problem with it it's not like it's not like the neptunia games where they have a contract like <laughs> an actual legit contract it's um i think it's really weird too because just thinking about because like a lot of people are like oh i want games localized like you know fast or whatever and they don't think of issues like this it also makes me think i I don't know i i feel like sometimes when people ask for translation or localization stuff i think a lot of times people kind of want to have their cake and eat it too because you got oh let's uh let's ask for a speedy localization oh let's get mad now that they can't get the voice actors we want back but also what this reminds me of too is uh 
God, is it Nippon Ichi Software, the guys that uh, always have, like, the dual audio stuff in their games that, like, everyone, yeah. always, everyone always cites them and goes, Atlas, why don't you do this? But, like, what no one seems to keep in mind, too, is that, uh, at least from what I've heard from other people and reviews and whatnot, those, like, localization jobs seem to be pretty shitty. And, like, yeah. it seems like a lot of times dual audio we is... Especially when the game has, like, mountains upon mountains of text, like the original Persona 4, Persona 4 Golden, uh, and other games like that, they have, like, shit tons of text. Yeah. And, like, Xseed has a localization blog where they talk about the localization processes for their games, and for, and particularly Rune Factory 4, they had to have, like, a bunch of spreadsheets for all the dialogue options for the general dialogue or character specific that's dialogue. uh that's what they generally do it sounds like for yeah. uh i I've, I've heard that excel is generally what they use for uh just individual lines of, of dialogue stuff yeah but like yeah i think a lot of the times people ask for stuff because they want it but don't realize that it's a production with like time energy and money is involved and like sometimes when you ask for stuff other things need to be sacrificed to get what you want so i don't know i i think that's something to keep in mind and i think it's a tricky situation because like i mean would it be nice to have dual audio and like fast localization stuff like that yeah sure but it's like at what cost and get into the whole monkey paws situation thing going on there and it's it's never a fun time, but yeah, and they're doing and they're and they're still trying to shoot for 2015 for Persona 5 as well. Yeah, that's uh, we keep seeing that they want 2015 for P5 in North America, which I think is ridiculous. Um, they could probably do it. I mean, I'm not saying they can't do it. I feel like if there's going to be one game where they have a faster localization than SMT4, which is already ridiculous, it's going to be P5. Because yeah. SMT4 was like two months. Like, it, it wasn't long. Yeah, SMT4 was two months. No, 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 not even two months. Was, I don't think it was two months. I don't I even think it was. Think it, it, like April in Japan and in May in the States. It, it was super fast. It, it was it was really fast. Uh, and I feel like if we're going to get a localization faster than that, it'll be P5. Because yeah. it's it fucking might, P5. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it'd be awesome worldwide. I really doubt that, because that's, like, stupidly hard. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't for, think they can do arena, it. For Arena, it was within, like, it was within weeks of each other for arena <laughs> not for europe eh? anyways no. um speaking of persona 5 though we got a new trailer for that that was bundled yeah, in with dancing all night I sure love a bunch of old footage strapped together wow yeah okay also too okay so i want to say I, this is <laughs> time to complain about something that hasn't been relevant for weeks now but i saw a lot of people that were like i don't get why people are so mad over the reused footage because it was only like 12 seconds it's like the fact is that they still reused footage for a trailer that you're supposed to get excited. That they were hyping up for. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, you had to pay for the fucking trailer. So like, fuck you for reusing footage. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want more than like four seconds of that shit. Fuck you, headless. Um, that said, I didn't think the trailer was bad or anything. It's just I was like, oh, that was underwhelming. Yeah. 
That was underwhelming, at least. Well, we... <sighs> the coolest thing I feel like we got is that dude transforming into Norn. Yeah. Into that weird blood splurt thing. Uh... I think, it also, I want to say, it, uh, it seems like people are still saying, like, yeah, those are probably going to be demons, and, like, I hope so, but, like, I really hope they don't do a thing like, oh, uh, there are people that can't control their personas, and you have to fight them. It's like, just, just bring demons back. Just call them demons. Call <laughs> them um, demons. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I just, I just, um, I don't know. It, it's, like, such a minor gripe, but it's, like... P1 and P2 already did it, and, like, I know it's like, oh, asking for P1, P2 things in modern games is stupid and silly. It's like, you know, just call them demons. It, it fits. Uh, it'll, it'll be a nice callback. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. It looks fine. Uh, the guy who looks like not June looks, uh, mm -hmm. looks pretty neat. Paintbrush guy. Yeah. He's like June and, and Minato had a baby. <laughs> pretty much. I saw someone was like, oh my god, Minato's back, and I was like, no. <laughs> no, he's not. That's a guy with a paintbrush. Stop talking. But, yeah. yeah I, so confirmed. I, oh my god. You know, I was thinking about that. I, I'm really looking forward to P5. I, I have a feeling that for P5, the, the most we'll get to the other games is, like, minor references or whatever. And, like, I yeah. can't wait for the guy that's like, I'm, why didn't they save P3 MC in this one? And it's like, no... <laughs> stop but <laughs> I, I i know it's going to happen on some forum somewhere and that's depressing yeah. uh why didn't they save titus in final fantasy 12 anyway yeah. <laughs> um speaking about other things that make people mad how about that genaiubon roku sharp fe yeah i know girth well we got it we got a new trailer at e3 that had the most okay. I thought like the other like J-pop thing was like goofy and like silly or whatever. Uh, fucking E3 trailer has a song called "Beastie Game" by Singaloid yeah. Tiki, which is the most like rip-off thing I've heard in a while, and it made me laugh really hard. Yeah, and it made people even more salty. Yeah, uh, pretty much full-blown confirmation. This game's like aesthetic is like idol stuff, and like yeah. Japan it's about stage singing and dancing and idols. Yeah, exactly. And um basically pissed people off more and then later on later on they showed off gameplay. Yeah, it was uh it was I, pretty damn good. I think it calmed a lot of people. I, I I think at this point the people that are mad about the idol thing, it's like are are the the same people who were like super salty and wanted like I wanted to see Marth versus Demi-Fiend. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, also, I think those are the same people that are like, oh, Dancing All Night is stupid, and yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. It, it seems like a fun idea thing, and even if it's, like, not what people wanted, it's it looks like a solid game in its own right. And also, I think it made me realize that I don't think JRP... Ah, fuck it. I don't think video game fans understand the term demographics very well, because... Uh, so I'm gonna straight like say straight out. I don't really give a shit about idol stuff. I think a lot of it is like, it doesn't interest me at all. That's not my thing. Um, that said, I can tell when a game was not made for my audience or like yeah. an audience that I am in. I guess I can say like 
this game is not made for me, but I feel like for the people that are into that sort of thing, it's going to be really fun, and just the fact that it's an Atlas RPG, I'm, I have faith that it'll be a, I don't know. What, I, if, the game, what if the game just gets super edgy halfway on? Halfway on? I would, I would laugh. <laughs> I don't know. Like it gets I, super dark, gritty, and edgy. I feel like this game in particular, they're really aiming for that teenage Japanese audience, even more so than things like Persona and yeah. Like, like I feel like at this point, even Persona, they're not even really aiming for the the mainstream like gaming crowd. They're kind of aiming for the people that like you know the people that play JRPGs and they kind of know their shit. It, it feels like because even think about their lack of marketing they're they're totally going just based off of the name persona alone yeah. pretty much like hey it's another persona and that's enough to get people excited for the average like citizen or whatever or, <laughs> citizen for the average gamer or whatever that doesn't mean anything that's not really reason to get excited with this one you know you got the idol theme going or whatever for the people that like that and they have the hands-on demo, and, like, it seems like they're just going for a more, you know, broad approach, which I'm fine with, and I, I think a lot of people are mad because Mega 10, at least over here, too, seems more of, like, a niche thing, and I think some people are kind of not happy with things that they see as bland or generic yeah. seeping in, but I, I don't I don't really care. Um yeah, I think I think GURF, as Nintendo of America seems to be calling it, uh, looks fun. It's it looks honestly more like it's Fire Emblem with some SMT influence, yeah. and, and more of a modern day thing than anything. But like, I'm fine with it. I started playing Sacred Stones again recently. That's a damn good game. Um, well, Sacred Stones is good, but it's pretty easy. Yeah, I don't I don't really mind that so much. Like. Uh, off topic, but yeah, I, I, I've been planning, I think I talked about this a few episodes back, but I've been planning to get more into Fire Emblem, and even, I was kind of planning on it ever since that uh, original SMT Cross Fire Emblem reveal, but I, I just didn't get around to it until recently, and I'm like, oh, I'll start with the one I remember fondly from childhood, but yeah, it's a, it's a good game, if if you guys like strategy RPGs, you should play Sacred Stones, it's, it's a fun one. Anyways, so, Persona Q is uh, getting an art book. Well, it, it might already have an art book. I'm not entirely sure of the state of it in Japan, but it doesn't matter because it's coming over to North America. Yeah. It's uh, it's getting an English translation by um, Udon, the same people that are doing that SMT4 art book that's coming out too. So that's coming out in 2016, and it also looks like another publisher picked up the Persona Q manga, which from uh, what... They are talking about on Crunchyroll. Well, from what I from what I've seen too, I think maybe even on Crunchyroll, there there is a place online that has official English, yeah, uh, subs for it or whatever, and uh, or scans rather, it's manga, but um, yeah, it it's readable somewhere online. At least part of it is. I, I don't, it's probably not even finished in Japan. It hasn't even been that long, huh? But. Yeah, it's uh, if you want a physical copy of the PQ manga, which uh, I think it's more of like a comedy, lighthearted thing, which it's Persona Q, so not surprising. Uh, yeah, you can pick that up now. Well, not now, but you can you can pick that up whenever that comes out. I I think that's also 2016 sometime, but I don't think there's a specific date yet. 
that is the last bit of Megaton news that we had to cover, and uh, sad to see it go, but uh, I'm sure everyone listening has their own source of Megaton info and news that they can go to reliably. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably deep into the <laughs> into the Megaton yeah. life by now. Um, so, don't be sad. It, uh, it'll, uh, it'll all be okay. But, I thought maybe we could just take the time since it's the final episode and fuck it. We might as well just talk a little bit about doing the show, uh, how it all started, how it went, and uh, I don't know our thoughts on it. So, um, and the future. And the future. Yeah, well, we got an email about that actually, um, but I don't know. Uh, I guess thinking about all those. God, it's been like two years, hasn't it? When we uh, when we started COS, like when we started COS, I guess I was like 19 years old, pretty pissed off at the world, I think, and uh, I'd like to think I had a lot of pretty justifiable reasons to think that way. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I remember starting COS with the idea that it was something I could do for fun and just. Uh, have a little bit of fun with it, and uh, maybe make someone's day. And it, I think uh, I was more successful with that original goal than I thought, because uh, I met a lot of people just through the Megaton community alone, and mostly because I did this podcast, I'd like to think, um, that I think in at the end of the day made me a better person. Like, I look back at myself around the time COS Episode 1 happened, and, like, I can... I don't know, I can barely recognize that person because uh, I think he was more jaded and a bit more lonely than he would like to admit, but uh, I met some fantastic people along the way that uh, changed my life, I guess, and uh, I'm happy it all worked out, and I'm happy that, uh, I don't know, I'm happy I had something I could put my creativity into, even if it is just talking about video games and uh, putting, like, a stupid little audio file on YouTube. It's, uh... It was uh, it was a good time. Uh, at first, I just tagged along because yeah, it seemed like fun. I mean, two years ago, I was still living with my also living with my mom, and our relationship is not very good at all. We kind of pretend that one another doesn't exist, to put it bluntly. Um, so I spent a lot of time in my room. I spent a lot of time just by myself and. And I rarely talked to my friends on Skype or hung out with them. And and then Rosin hit me up with this podcast idea. I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And then a whole bunch of things happened with COS. We met a bunch of people. Uh, I got to know know quite a few interesting folks. Um, Got involved with a lot of neat stuff. And yeah. Even now, I'm still, even now I feel like I haven't changed much from how I was two years ago, but I can feel that I've been changing little by little with the more things I've been doing. It's weird to think that it's been two years, because like, I I think we started COS not really thinking it was going to get past like episode 10 or something. Yeah. It's, um... I, like, I don't know, I, because I, partially too, people don't really remember, I don't think, but like I had a, I had the YouTube channel thing going even before COS and 
I kind of made it for a similar reason I made uh, COS, but uh, if I'm helpful or informative or something to at least just one person, I feel like I did my job. And with COS, I, I think I blew way past that. I, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's nuts. Um, the first time you get a message from a kid in the hospital saying, hey, I found your show and uh, it helped me out, uh, like, man, that is life-changing. Uh, yeah. And to have that happen multiple times with just various people going through just some of the worst in life and saying, hey, uh, I just appreciate you doing your thing and what you do because uh, it helped me out. I uh, It's just a wonderful thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, that uh, I got to do this for as long as we have. And uh, it's nuts to think that it's over, but um, I, I think I kind of... I think I've talked all the Mega Ten stuff, at least in podcast form, yeah. uh, that I can for now. It's uh, it's been a while, I think, and uh, I think maybe it's time to uh, give it a rest. But I enjoyed every every little bit of it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, like I said, I think I became a better person out of it, and that was something I never expected going in. So I'm happy with it. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, and um, I thank every single one of you who has listened, no matter when you started. Uh, the people that have been sincere since the very beginning, though, I can't believe it. Um, to be honest, like I, I can't go back too far into the COS library because I just start to cringe and realize how fucking yeah. terrible I was at podcasting, but um, I don't know. I, I guess the last thing I have to say is... Um, Part of the reason I wanted to do a podcast in general, I remember all the way back then, because even before I met Katsu, I was I always thought that, you know, I should do a podcast, and I, I didn't really have many people that would want to do it with me, but I just thought that I should do a podcast about something. I, 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 I'm too much of, a, of an opinionated asshole to just talk on internet forums or wherever the hell, and I, I want to get my voice out there, and uh, I didn't really realize that it would become something of a passion of mine. I, I fucking love doing this, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I guess what I want to say though too is um I I feel like there's probably some it's probably some kid, God knows how old sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nine, whatever, uh, who's probably listening to this and uh, maybe wants to do a wants to do something, wants to create something. Uh, and I kind of want to give them advice that I never got, and it's uh, just fucking go out and try it, and you're going to suck, and it's going to probably be terrible, and you're probably going to look back on it and be like, oh my god, what the fuck was I thinking? But just, like, do it, keep at it, listen to criticism. Just do it. Just Shia, just La do it. Shia LaBeouf pump, just do it. Like, fucking go, like, try it out, because... For a while there, I was just too nervous to, like, do anything or whatever on the internet, like creatively and uh for good reason i fucking sucked at everything i did but um it got better and apparently some decent amount of people like it because now we're here uh so yeah just it, don't be paralyzed by fear when making something just go out fucking try it and if it sucks it sucks but hey you'll get them on round two or three or four or five or however fucking long it takes you until you're proud of your own work and uh, when you reach that step, it's one of the most satisfying feelings in the world. Yeah. Um, it really means a lot. So, 
Uh, let's, uh... So what does the future hold? Um, I'm gonna be doing an SMT1 LP just, uh... Just, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been meaning to ever since I played that game. I think it's a game that, uh, well, I mean, it's part of the reason we're fucking here, <laughs> I guess, for one. And uh, it's a game close to my heart that I realize is just way too old and outdated for a lot of people to enjoy. And I want people to not only have a way to experience it in a full capacity, but also... Uh, for those of you who want like a walkthrough thing, because uh, there used to be a screenshot LP of SMT1 that was on the LP archive that was a really good like walkthrough type thing, had a lot of good information on there, and it seems to have been taken down, which uh, I don't know why, but uh, I figured I'd fill the void, I guess. Um, I hope I can do a good enough job, but uh, I don't know. In, in terms of future stuff, like I said, podcasting's a big passion thing of mine, and... Um, I don't think this is going to be the last for me podcasting. I'd, I'd like to think it's not. That said, I think I need a little bit of a break for now. Um, just going to take some time after COS is done, let the dust settle, and then maybe uh, maybe do something else. Who knows? It'll, uh, it'll happen, maybe. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I'll, I'll, I'll get ideas for what I want to do and... Uh, I don't know. All I know is that I fucking love podcasting, and uh, I'd be sad if this is the last one I have to do. Uh, that said, I don't think this is going to be the last one that I do. So I'll, I'll leave you guys with that. Make of it what you will. As for me, um, I'm playing a lot of FF14, and uh, I mean, playing a lot of FF14, uh, and I do want to start streaming again. Uh, streaming Final Fantasy XIV, streaming a lot of classic PS2 games that I have played in my childhood and want to see how badly they aged now. Um, and also, I've taken the first step to becoming a professional writer. Uh, I have a book now called Impetus Soul. It is viable on Amazon and the Google Play Store. Uh, the story is done by me. And the character design is done by someone named Nashoki. But she goes by Nihoen in the book. And it when I first when when I first published it, I got this stupid notion in my head that it was gonna get like all the sales and lo and behold it hasn't. And it was kind of a shock and it left me kind of upset for a while but now um now that i've calmed down and thought about it um i realized what i did wrong with it was one lack of telling people i was even writing a book and two two was just um was expecting it was going to do well immediately i mean it's a digital only book from an author nobody's heard of so, yeah, that's a thing. So now that I'm now I'm talking about it, um, Impetus Soul is a story about a knight named Zephyrid as he as he goes on missions and assignments and starts to learn about the world and about the people in it. It has knights, it has future stuff. And it's a kind of a mix between medieval and colonial fantasy and some sci-fi. 
Um, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, the link for Impetus Soul will be in the description. So if you want to support me and my story, you can go ahead and do that. And yeah, that's pretty much what I'm what I'm what my plans are for the future. I'm not going to stop writing it just because it's not popular. I'm going to make it popular. All right. Um, I have a, I have a list of people to thank. Uh, I, I don't know if you have something similar at all, but uh, I, I just uh, compiled a list before we recorded this of uh, people that I thought deserved the COS seal of approval. Um, okay. So, uh, first of all, anyone who ever came on, the, some of you are already on this list, but uh, just too many individual people to thank, but uh, if you came on the show, if you ever talked, even in the audience participation episodes, if we interviewed you, whatever, uh, thanks a lot. It, uh, it really means a lot that you participated in the show to me, um, and without those people, the show would be not as good or not as uh, popular probably not as, as interesting it, yeah not as interesting definitely uh so if you ever came on the show you ever chatted with us fucking awesome thanks a lot it was wonderful and uh yes. thank you um atlas japan for one not shutting any of my videos down because holy fuck uh like if they wanted to just flip the switch i would be gone like just gone yeah. uh, GG. and also for making Megami Tensei and other great JRPGs I think they are a diamond in the middle diamond of a lot rough. yeah in the middle of a lot of JRPG roughness in recent years uh, really just an amazing game developer and uh, even though we have our gripes with them from time to time I'd fucking take them over almost any game company at this point I, uh, I love those yeah. guys Atlas USA for also not taking any of my stuff down, uh, and also just uh, doing a great job localizing games, bringing titles over, and just interacting with the fan base. Fucking amazing yeah. job on their part. Everyone there seems like just the greatest human being, uh, and uh, I'm happy that uh, they they seem to love their job as much as uh, we love playing the games. Johnny Awesome, thank you so much for being not only the first Cathedral of Shadows guest ever, but uh, continuing to come on and just talk with us randomly from time to time. Yeah. Really just nice guy. Shit. Yeah. Uh, great dude. Um, and just for, uh, I mean, even just giving me advice every now and again on just how to handle stuff or how to do things. And uh, really, uh, really, really great dude. Uh, thanks a lot, man. It uh, means a lot to both of us. Sir Lionheart for also coming on a few times and also helping us out when we were small. I think he came on episode five even, and yeah. uh, really nice of him. Good dude. Slink FM, everyone from there, just for being great people and also you know chatting with us a couple our, our, times. Our eternal rival. <laughs> yeah. FM. Well, apparently they fucking won because we're. T <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but um, it's like the Pokemon anime. The main character never wins. Um. Yeah. I can't believe I fucking cited the Pokemon anime in the final episode, whatever. Um, no, but uh, just for doing great work, having a great show, and for being good friends, and just, you know, always talking with us on Twitter, and even doing the crossover episodes a few times, that was really awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, look forward to the next podcast you guys put out. Um, Kevin Frayne, for uh, probably being our biggest guest uh 
really the only time that we had like a new source of info or whatever that we were we were the news was uh whenever yeah. he came on and he talked about quantum devil saga stuff with us uh just one of the highlights or whatever of um doing cos was getting that first reply back when i emailed bento books asking if we could uh get someone on the show that was involved with the quantum devil saga thing and uh it was i, I was so thrilled to see that reply in my inbox saying yes it was uh Really great time, and Kevin's a great dude. Uh, still, yeah. you know, poke each other on Twitter every once and again. We, we still need to stream Super Wag, Super Amazing Wagon Adventure one of these days. <laughs> I made a promise. <laughs> I plan to keep it. Uh, but yeah, thanks a lot, Kevin. Just uh, great dude, and uh, I wish you the best with whatever translation work comes your way. Uh, and then last, last three are kind of a um, little bit more... Uh, on my personal end of things, if anything, uh, Antinomi Trick and uh, I guess just a bunch of internet friends that I'm not sure if they want to be named or not, so I'm going to play it safe and not, but uh, if you're listening, I think you know who you are. Uh, just being there for the moral support and uh, listening to my bullshit when I needed it, that sort of thing. Um, just a lot of great people that surround me that I met through the Megaton community. Thanks a lot, fam. Yeah. You guys are great. Um, Haley for being a really good friend and also for um, calling me out on bullshit and whenever she thought that there was an aspect of the show that was fucking stupid, telling me. <laughs> it's always good to have someone who is not only a great friend but also a great critic. And uh, It was a lot of fun hearing what you had to say, and uh, I thank you a lot because the show would probably not have gotten better if... Uh, she had not stepped in and told me I needed to step up my podcasting game. Uh, and then Amanda for being... To step up, Sampa. She, uh, yes, she did. And Amanda for being an amazing girlfriend and the love of my life. You got anything or nah? Nah, I'm good. All right. Guess we can go to emails then. Okay, let's... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, it's going, it's going to take a while. Um, I'm really happy we got this many, at least... Okay, so this first one's from John, and he basically just wants to know what we're going to be doing in the future, and we already kind of covered that. Um, yeah, we already covered it. Yeah, but he does say that uh, he wanted to thank both of us for sharing COS with everyone, and he wishes us the best of luck for whatever comes next. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, it was uh, a pleasure sharing this with everyone, I think. It was... Um, yeah. It, like both of us have been saying, it fucking it got bigger than either of us expected, and uh, I'm happy it had an impact on so many people. All right, so this uh, this next one's from Alex, and he says, "To think this is my first and final question sent to the podcast due to me being a shy dude online and offline, but anyways, 56 episodes is a good run, and the road was fun indeed. And my question is, did you guys expect to make it this far into the podcast, uh, and did you expect it to last longer and sooner?" Um, I, I guess for the first one, I, neither of us, I don't think expected over even 10 or 20 yeah. at first, uh, probably, uh, and for, uh, expecting it to last longer or sooner, uh, around the time I got into the thirties, uh, like episode 30 or whatever, I, I went from thinking, oh my God, I can't believe we've gotten over like 20 or like yeah. we're in the thirties now to, um, should I want to make it to a hundred, but, uh, that didn't plan out so i guess a little bit of both it ended it ended both sooner and later than i thought it would just 
all perspective based on the time of when you asked me, I guess. But um, yeah, I uh, guess I just kind of ran out of steam, and the uh, the passion for talking about Megaton on a podcast just kind of just kind of ran dry for me, which is uh, unfortunate. Which is but unfortunate, yeah. it happens. <laughs> uh, it happens. But um, he says another thing I have to say is thanks for doing the podcast and other shit you guys did. It introduced me to several things and people I wouldn't have known exist otherwise, and I hope to interact with you guys and others in the community I was introduced to because of this podcast. Thanks a lot, Alex. Uh, yes, thank you so much. Next one is from Samail. It says, Dear COS, it was a great podcast while it lasted, but I'm sad to see it go. Because of this, I was able to meet a bunch of awesome people. I guess my final question will be one that I've been wanting to ask. What are the best and worst movies you've ever seen? Good luck in the future, Samail. I don't know. The best for... movie I've ever seen was Space Jam. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Let's see. Um, hmm. I don't know for worst movie because like I've seen a lot of shit in my time. Shrek one, no, no, that's not it. I feel uh, like I that was know. something I would say. Movie. Well, I... one of the worst movies I've ever seen was uh, it was one of the more recent Adam Sandler movies where all of them were terrible. Yeah, it's... <laughs> anyone. <laughs> yeah, actually, fuck it. Worst movie, like any Adam Sandler movie, fucking. Any Adam Sandler movie after, like, debatably click. No. I'd say a lot earlier than that. But anyways, um, I, I don't really... I guess my favorite movie, I don't know if it's the best, but at least the one I enjoy the most is a movie called Dark City. Uh, watch the director's cut. Don't watch the theatrical cut. They add a narration that spoils the plot twist, like, in the opening scene, and it's terrible. But, uh, yeah, Dark City is great. Uh, if you liked The Matrix, it was basically... Uh, it was something that had some form of influence on the Matrix, at least uh, in terms of the reality-questioning adventure type of story with a character who doesn't know what the fuck is going on, and it's really interesting. Uh, it's a uh, my favorite, fun movie. My favorite movie that I enjoyed watching the most was definitely Dead Poet Society. That was such an amazing movie, and I watched it once when I was a kid, forgot about it, and then I had a college assignment where I had to watch a movie and write about it. And they gave us a selection, and I selected Dead Poet Society. It's a really, really great movie about seizing the moment, following your dreams, not letting, not letting outside forces like your parents telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And it's a Robin Williams movie. What can... You, you can't go wrong with a Robin Williams movie. <laughs> okay, so this is from Christian. He says, all your efforts were not for nothing. You've done a good job. Congratulations on coming this far. Also, Rosin, can you explain how some bonds through the internet can be meaningful? Um, they can be? I, I don't know. Fucking... Internet bonds are very meaningful. They're almost as important as bonds between people who know each other in real life honestly i I feel i view them as equivalent like i think i think physical interaction is important and i i I do think that uh it should be desired when possible but yeah fuck it like some of my best friends have been through the internet and uh i don't know my life would definitely not be the same if i hadn't have met some people through the internet and not listen to my parents and talk to strangers online (laughs) um uh Good job, 14-year-old me. You did a good thing. But uh, Yeah, also he links to the Evangelion 
congratulations thing. So thanks for that. <laughs> this one's from Liam. He says, Dear Eason? Uh no, but close enough. Dear Roz and Katsu and guest, if any, this is my first time writing to you guys. I just wanted to say thanks for all the time you've taken out of your lives to make this podcast a thing. I was just messing around one day on YouTube trying to find guides for the newly released SMT4 when I managed to stumble across the first ever COS episode, and I was hooked the moment I started listening. You could often find me sitting alone in the library of my high school with my headphones on listening to the newest episode of COS that came out that week. I never really thought about what my life would be like without COS and all of the jokes that were made. I'm going to miss a lot of those jokes. Mara, Dante, Dante confirmed. Rosin complaining that a boss is difficult to beat. Like the Demi feet. <laughs> uh, and I'm really sad to see this podcast go. But I guess there's times in our lives uh, where we all have to move on. Anyways, my question to you guys is, do you plan on doing future collaborations with each other? I'd hate to see the team of Rosin and Katsu go away. You guys always seemed like friends first before podcasters. Thank you, all of you, for making this podcast my favorite. I'll still be around to watch your videos, but you probably won't hear from me again. I'm glad I got to be a part of this thing, I and I sincerely appreciate everything that you guys have done. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Like, we'll be around each Like, we'll I mean... Yeah, I'll probably be on Twitter. Yeah, like I'll we'll probably, I'll probably like call Rosin out when he does something stupid. Probably same. Like, I, like post, like post minion OCs. Oh fuck. Okay. I haven't done that yet, but I have Photoshop open. I can I can probably crack something up. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe not. Who knows? It it all depends on what the future holds. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting how um. I think I've even said this before on an episode, but I think a lot of people thought we were friends way longer than we actually were before we started <laughs> COS. Like, we I don't even think we knew each other more than, like, three weeks. Yeah. And we're yeah, like... It hasn't even been, like... Yeah, it hasn't even been a month. We're like, hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, sure. Which, in hindsight, is kind of a stupid idea, but fuck it, it works, so... Surprisingly, it works. Yeah, um... So sometimes you just got to try it out, see if it works, like I said. Um, but yeah, like, um, I guess it's just interesting looking how uh, the life cycle of COS is kind of also the life cycle of our friendship. And like, um, I don't know, like, I've we've always had this strange sort of co-worker relationship. <laughs> We're like the P3 yeah. cast. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a fun time, and uh, definitely, uh, I mean, this was, for all intents and purposes, this was totally a team effort. This uh, you can't do a yes. podcast with one person; that'd just be stupid. So, uh, thank you, Liam, for the email. Okay, so this is from Savipo. Uh, it says, it's sad that the show is ending, but it's been a fun ride. Too bad I never got the chance to tell the story of how I came up with Savipo. I guess that will have to remain a mystery forever. Um, to, to be revealed in the sequel series, that will never happen. I, I do have some questions for old time's sake. One, do you think the Void from Devil Survivor 2 is similar to the Schwarzwelt from Strange Journey? Um, I think it looks the same, but I don't think it operates the same. Yeah, sort of like the Dragon Gate and the Outrun Gate, Fire Emblems. They just look they they look alike, but they do different things. Uh, if demons come from another dimension, does that make them aliens slash extraterrestrials? I I don't know. Do... Maybe they're not native to the planet, so I guess 
question mark? Because, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what Webster defines as alien at this point. Yeah. Third one, what do you think of making Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz a demon like Atlas? Then he kind of goes into, uh, like, an idea for how it would work. And I think it'd be neat. Uh, I don't know if Dorothy... I'm assuming Dorothy is public domain. I think all of the Oz stuff is public domain, so... Yeah, it's been 100 years. Yeah. It's been more than 80 years. If you have something and it's been around for 80-plus years, it becomes public domain at isn't, this point. Isn't that only if, like, they, like, a family member doesn't get, like, another right to it or something, though? To, I don't know. It's. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated. America. It's, it's weird. I know in Canada... I know in Canada, James Bond is public domain now, which I think is fucking hilarious, but... Um, yeah, Dorothy Demon would be neat. Uh, also, number four, do you think Sadako from the Ring series would make an interesting demon? Sure, yeah. I suppose, yeah. I, I feel like may, not maybe not Sadako, but that type of, like, pale lady with long... There's a name for it. Pale lady with long black hair that would uh they they could do uh they could do a demon based off of that concept i'd i, I want to say maybe they already have and i just don't know about it but uh yeah i feel like they could do that and then he says i could ask more questions but that'll do it wish you the best of luck Savippo. yeah good luck man yeah so this is from log on the third and he says i got no question for your podcast i I've just been a long-time listener. It is no exaggeration to say that your podcast is a part of my life. The first episode I listened to was the time I was at jury duty for a murder trial. My priority at the time was screwed because I was more into Sega acquiring Atlas. Your podcast provided me with the perfect distraction while I was sitting next to a bunch of bitter strangers. Thank you, too, for bringing a great voice uh, to the Megaton fandom community. That voice showed your passion, your humor, and your knowledge of Megaton and other awesome video games. I will also like to thank you two for bringing cool and awesome guests from past episodes who brought fascinating and passionate insight in their work or interest. I sure, or I am sure other listeners of the podcast like me will never forget how we ventured into the Cathedral of Shadows, where we fused demons, and where we heard two silly fans talking about their hobby. Thank you for the podcast. Um, P.S. This is only a message for how I am grateful for your podcast. Listening to it provides me with a deeper understanding of my love for RPGs and other video games. So I would like to apologize for no questions, but uh, you can also ignore reading this email if you want. Hell no. We're reading everything, no. pretty much. Um, thank you a lot, man. And uh, yeah, jury duty sounds terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry you had to go through that. Um but uh, it always makes me happy hearing how our show has affected people. So, yeah, thanks a lot for the email, man, and uh, have a good one. Okay, so this is, uh, this is from, uh, from Edward, and he says, What do you guys think of the Yosuke's eye bug in P4? Do you know about oh, that? Oh, Yosuke's eye bug? Yeah. Uh, I vaguely remember it. But... It's just a weird graphic that seems to come up in the NA version of the game. Apparently, it's not. It only it happens to Yosuke frequently, but apparently, someone on uh, like I, I don't know. Apparently, people have had it happen to Kanji and Naoto as well, and even sometimes like uh, it'll like you'll get like a weird level up glitch where just the eye will level up, even though it's just yeah. a fucking eye. So I I feel like it's like some sort of dummy or like 
placeholder iconographic thing for maybe a concept or idea they didn't have fully thought out or something and just kind of shows up because of something that went wrong in the localization but um i don't know it's uh it's weird it's weird yeah i'm kind of surprised that uh they didn't ever in you know golden like flush out that idea because maybe maybe it was like a icon that meant something special like oh you're like you know like the heart items in uh persona 3 they had like a weird icon like maybe it was something like that where uh they had like a special item or ability or god knows what attached to the persona um that you would get after a while but uh, thank you, Edward. Anyways, this is from Zach, who you may remember from the uh, Record Breaker podcast. So name escaped me there. And he says, hey, guys, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of emails like these, but I wanted to write my own anyway. You don't even have to read it on the episode. Just wanted to send it. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read everything. I swear. Um, pretty much everything. Thanks for making this podcast. It's easy to see the state of the internet and video game fandoms and feel kind of disillusioned disillusioned with the whole thing. But finding such a fun podcast and a great community surrounding it reminds me of why I love the internet in the first place. Even if just the last few months I've seen Twitter turn into one of my favorite websites and that's because of the people you guys have brought together. I don't have a question to ask since the guys uh, have pretty much answered anything I could think of. Although I will uh, take take this opportunity to apologize for the audio quality on the episode I was on. Not really sure what happened there, but I did buy a new headset after hearing what I sounded like. Oh, no, it was fine. You sounded fine, dude. Uh, it says, there's another positive thing the podcast has done. I look forward to seeing what you guys do next. Thanks a lot, Zach. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I'm uh, I'm uh, happy that you could come on talk record Blake, uh, breaker. <laughs> Blaker. Um, yeah, record Lakers. <laughs> It was uh, it was a fun podcast, and your audio your audio quality wasn't that bad. There's there's been worse for sure, um, but uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy your new headset, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we could uh, we could uh, be a positive community or be around a positive community, and uh, you know, have a lot of fun together with this whole thing. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Zach. This one is from. The email's not opening. Uh, this one is from Paul, and he just wants to know what we thought of Sony's E3 with the last Guardian, Final Fantasy VII, and Shenmue three announcements. Uh, I'm excited for Final Fantasy VII. I shat my, my pants, dude. Because, like, that Silicon Era article came out, and I was like, oh, come the fuck on, shut up. Yeah, I was like, oh, come the fuck on, yeah. Sean. Are you serious? And then and it then happened. It happened. All, you should just seen the comment section after it was revealed. All these people apologizing to Ishan and Silicon Era. They're like, I'm so sorry. That's the, all right. The highlight, the highlight of that E3 was, uh, for me was uh, being drunk for Bethesda's <laughs> conference and making an ass of myself to my friends on Skype. But um, the, the sad thing is, is that <laughs> my memory of the event itself is really flaky, but <laughs> I was informed of the this dumb is... things I said that night, so... <laughs> was a good time. That was one of the E3s I'm never ever going to... That's like another E3 I can't forget about. That, like, that was fucking... That and the Twilight Princess reveal moment are the... the I think the things from E3 I'm always gonna remember. Like, just the fucking hype over everything. Uh, it's just nuts, but... Yeah, uh, I hope the Final Fantasy VII remake turns out. Last Guardian looks cool. I'll probably buy it at some point. Uh... I don't really care that much for Shenmue 3, but if you do, more power to you. I'm happy you finally got it. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was an amazing conference. Uh, really, it's going to be, it's going to go down in history as I think one of the best, even if those games yeah. turn out to be garbage, like just the fucking hype behind it. Um, yeah, it was just amazing, but, uh, I, I don't know. I was stuck in a hotel room in Pennsylvania with my family and, uh, it was an awkward family trip because we were visiting someone and uh, that person ended up getting really sick. So it's like, well, I guess we'll just fucking stay in this hotel for a while with alcohol. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It made for a very interesting E3 watching experience on a pullout couch in a hotel room. But um, yeah, it was a fun time. Thank you, Paul. So uh, this one's from Mark, and he says, It's about that time, huh? I really enjoy listening to your guys' podcast. Kind of sad to see it go, but I guess it had to happen eventually. Thanks for your pod- uh, Thanks to your podcast, rather. I was able to meet a lot of people who I now consider friends, so thanks for that. It also introduced me to the SMT fan base as a whole, which is interesting. <laughs> yep, that's the word I'd use, too. <laughs> um, I can't deny that I had a good time, though, so thanks again for that. Anyway, in question, uh, question time, what do you think of P4 dancing all night story? Or do you have no opinion on... Uh, or if you have no opinion on Dan, what is your opinion of rhythm game stories in general? Uh, that's it, guys. Wish you luck for all your future endeavors and shit. See ya. Uh, I don't really have much of an opinion on Dan's story. It seems like it's... I think they just kind of made it because they felt obligated to. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot of mixed reactions from people saying it's better than, like, a lot of the other spinoff stories. I've heard people say it's the worst one. I don't know what to believe at this point. Uh... I, it has to be better than Ultimax, right? Per, I, I, I don't see any OC do not steals. Yeah, I still think Show should be in Dancing All Night. That's a fucking crime. Like, yeah. Show is stupid enough to be in Dancing All Night. Um, I mean, they have a Dachi of in there. Yeah. But, um... I don't know. I, I feel like they just made a story for it to because they felt obligated to for the same... I don't really think Ultimax or even... Well, Persona 4 Arena Vanilla's story is, like, good. I, I don't know. It's... I feel like the only reason any of those games kind of have a story is because... Because it's from a JRPG franchise, they feel obligated that they need to have a story in there, and also just for the fans that want to play those games for the story for some fucking reason. Uh, but uh, I, I don't really think rhythm games should have a story, because, like, I don't know anyone who plays rhythm games for the plot but whatever if you do more Some power play rhythm games for the plot but not the kind of plot you you're thinking about oh no anyways um yeah uh i don't know uh dancing all night seems cool but um who knows uh <laughs> i'm eagerly awaiting to see how stupid the story in that one gets it should be a good time yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a blast. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Okay, so this is from Andrew, and he says, I just wanted to say thank you for making an awesome podcast. It taught me a lot of SMT, and it helps keep me sane at work listening to this. I wish any of you the best of luck, um, whatever you do next. I hope you continue having streams since those are fun to watch. Uh, I, I will. I'll still stream and do fun stuff. Uh, also, Rosin, play near. It's really good. I should... Yeah, play near. Fucking, I, uh... I don't care. I, I, I looked I in... 
I looked into my local GameStop because Nier is fucking expensive since they announced Nier 2, man, because everyone picked up copies of those, so, like, even you, those, that shit's getting pricey. So I looked around local GameStop and was like, huh, I wonder if they got Nier, and they have a few copies. Now, I'll, I'll probably pick up a copy of Nier. It's 20 bucks, and, like, I think just for that price alone, I'd be stupid not to. I, I hear it's a rough game around the edges, but it seems like a... Yeah, the action's rough, but the story is so goddamn amazing. Yeah, and fucking... Doesn't that sound like a rosin game? <laughs> like, yeah. I, a lot of the games I like are really rough around the edges, but the story is fucking amazing. So yeah, I, and even I don't, I literally don't know much about Near other than. Doesn't it take place like after the bad ending of one of the Dragon Guard games or something? Isn't that no, how that works? Like, I think it's either ending B or ending E of Dragon Guard Two, which is Dragon Guard. I don't know, I but remember. it's it takes place after a shitty ending where everything goes to shit, right? That's all I know. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and that's that's that that interests me alone. But uh, I've heard the story goes amazing places, so uh, I don't know. Is, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. It seems like something I'd enjoy, and also fucking Near Two is being made by Platinum, so fuck everything. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna play it anyways. Um, Near Two being made by Platinum pretty much fixes all the problems that Near One had. And that was its combat. I'm looking forward to it. Um, God, Pl Platinum is amazing. Like, uh, apparently... I I'm hearing uh, that apparently they're not as involved with Star Fox Zero as first thought, but I, I still think Star Fox Zero looks neat. But um, I'm going to be really interested to, s to see what they do with Nier. I feel kind of bad I can't get a Wii U because I really want to fucking get Bayo 1 and 2 on there and uh, Wonderful 101, but... Um, I guess uh, I guess I'll have to wait until I have the cash for that because uh, I kind of want to get a PS4 first. <laughs> but um, yeah, who knows? Uh, hopefully, uh, Near Two turns out well. And uh, you know what? Fuck it. After I'm done recording, I'll go run over to GameStop pick up a used copy of Near. <laughs> I'm looking at my wallet right now. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Andrew, for the uh, for the nice email. They have an email from Game Rectangle, which is just the big boss saluting while crying. <laughs> Picture. Thank you, Game Rectangle. Stay tang. Stay tangular. Uh, this is from E Darkness, and he wrote a weird email in Comic Sans in horrible, horrible colored font about how he wished he could go back in time as a small Asian girl and then get a giant robot and somehow convince Atlas to localize games in Europe. Um. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Eternus. Um, sounds like a plan. <laughs> the best of luck on doing that. Um, this is from another Mark, and uh, he says, what is your favorite mainline SMT game? I'm going to have to go with Nocturne. Uh, SMT1 um, is close by, but uh, I think Nocturne is just an amazing game. Yeah, Nocturne. And then uh, what is your... Top five worst SMT games. Oh, Christ, five. Um, whew. Let's see. Okay, so like... So SMT, not even Megaton in general. I don't... There's nothing SMT that I absolutely dislike. See, because yeah, like I, I, like, I feel like they mean Megaton, so I'm not sure. Because in that case, I'm just going to say Last Bible 1, Last Bible 2, Last Bible 3. Yeah, like last Bible and... Yeah. <laughs> Everything in the Last Bible series, and apparently Majin Tensei 1 is not that... Or no, fuck it, Rond. Yeah. 
maybe maybe throw a nine in there. There are people that actually there are people that actually like uh, imagine, so I'm not gonna throw that one in. But like, yeah, any of those, any of those games could probably be somewhere in there. Devil Summoner one I've actually heard is pretty fucking terrible too. So uh, I've heard the atmosphere and like the story and stuff is neat for just uh, being like a more detective based uh, SMT idea, but uh, apparently the execution was not entirely there and soul hackers apparently did it a lot better so yeah who knows um and then he just says he's going to miss the show so thank you mark so this one is from uh hyper inuyasha and uh he says to rosin katsu and anyone else on the podcast thanks for putting the time and effort towards this podcast i appreciate it and i'm sure that everyone else that's ever listened in does as well uh, error prediction unavailable delivery aborted cause too many invalid parameters laplace mail service cancelled <laughs> thanks man thanks so this one's from alicia and uh she says just wanted to say thanks for doing the podcast as long as you did i always enjoyed listening to it and it helped me get into smt as a whole after starting out with persona 4 heck you guys even ans- uh, answered a few of my questions uh, while I'm sad to see Cathedral of Shadows end, I know all good things must end, and I'd rather see it go out on a high note. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, thanks. And then we're, we only have two more. <laughs> this one's from Frost Ace, who says, I'm sad to hear that this show is coming to an end. It was nice to listen to what humans or insect talk- insects talking like humans that you claim to be thought about SMT in general. I don't have any questions for you um, other than how has SMT changed your life? Regardless, thank you for the experience, Ho. Um, how is I guess SMT hasn't really changed my life much other than it, it kind of... I don't know. I've always been a JRPG person, and just in a time where it was really easy to be jaded about JRPGs, SMT is that thing that... Not only, I, I think... I think Mega 10, and part of the reason I like it so much, is because it tells stories that I don't think a lot of other people would be comfortable telling. I, I, I think it goes out of its way to try new things. I think it goes out of its way to maybe not be edgy. God, God knows we love that word on this podcast, but I mean, yeah. it, it has things One to... One of the Cathedral of Shadows buzzwords. Yeah, it's, it's up there. That and dark and gritty. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that Mega Ten is a series that has a lot of stories to tell and I think they don't sugarcoat it and it's something that I respect it for. It's it's a their games first and foremost about humanity. E- each of the different side series and whatnot I think go into different aspects of humanity. You got the more personal stuff with Persona, you got the more macro level crazy shit going on with mainline and I mean fucking I, I one of the reasons I, I love mainline so much is just because it it asks just tough questions about society on a scale that is not even necessarily cultural or societal, but more so just human. I like on the whole yeah. global scale, it asks questions about how humanity should handle things and what is being human and stuff like that, and how we should treat one another. And I I think that's just fascinating, and the fact that they can tell stories like that and be successful enough to have such a large audience like they do i, I think megaton is something special it's 
probably my favorite JRPG series at this point, other than, like, Earthbound. Um, definitely just so innovative and some of the greatest games in that genre that you could ever play. Yeah, Mega Ten is definitely something special to the gaming world, even though a large part of it won't acknowledge yeah. how important Mega Ten is. But with the advent of more popular titles coming out, more and more people are starting to see that the Mega Ten franchise as a whole is something that should be more celebrated than it already is. And I feel like, I feel like especially with Persona Five, it'll definitely get its it'll, it'll get it, it'll get its day soon. I think it will too. Um, I think if you keep producing something of as high quality as Atlas does, eventually you're going to get enough recognition on a on a large scale. And uh, you might some people might say they already do, but. Uh, I, I think Persona 5 is going to be pretty fucking big. Um, I'm looking forward yeah. to the day that comes out. Um, and then not only that, but uh, just uh, even part of the reason I guess we created the show too was to be uh, to be a place for not only like hardcore Megaton fans to come to and listen in, but also people that are just getting into it or people that you know we're kind of know about it. Yeah, kind of newcomers and just wanted you know some grounding because not gonna lie. One thing I think we can say safely about the Mega Ten fan base at this point, sometimes not the most welcoming of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunate, but sure, I think there's a lot of elitism that I think the community as a whole needs to work on, and uh, I'm happy that the people that got into Mega Ten through us found us enough of a comfortable place to do that in, I guess. Um, it, it means a lot to me that I was able to show... God knows how many people, because, I mean, we got a shit ton of emails already from people that uh, have said they got into, like, SMT or whatever through us, or even just yeah. only knew about Persona 3 and 4, then got into the other stuff through us, and I think that's amazing. I'm really happy that we could be those guys uh, for those people. Be those be, be those two guys. Yeah. I hear about this series. Oh, I listen to two, two assholes talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, good times, good times, and not only that, but uh, also too. I, I just want to point this out. I've gotten, I've gotten a few emails or whatever from people that are like, I don't even really like video games all that much, but like I like listening to you guys because like you clearly know what you're talking about and like love talking about what you do, and like I I think that's fascinating because like you get people. It's, in- it's interesting. Yeah, like there are people listening to this podcast that don't even really play video games, but they're like, oh, these these two guys are nice or whatever. Like I think yeah, that's. Right. That's really interesting. I think that's sweet. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy we have people like that. Um, all right, and then we have one final email. This one just uh, got sent in. This is from Sloth Attorney, who I know uh, from Twitter, and he says, "Thank you guys so much for this podcast. Through it, I met a lot of good people and had a great time listening. My last question is this: Where would you like to see the SMT series go from here? Is there a specific genre?" genre you would like to see the smt series take on uh maybe a new entry in a series we haven't heard from in a while thanks for the ride sloth attorney um i don't really have any genres or anything i'd like to see it go into up with kojima and del toro to make a survival horror game <laughs> that would be incredible that will never happen um i know sadly i i don't know i i think it really as far as where it should go, I'm happy with where it's headed. Uh, 
I'm excited and waiting in God, probably three years from now, we'll probably get news on another mainline game if uh, if the if the record of getting a new mainline game every five years is to be held. Then, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to whatever SMT five or whatever the fuck comes out. Uh, seeing how that turns out, uh, I'd love to see a new spinoff series or something. Well, I guess you could say that uh, Sharp Fe is kind of that. So hey, got that covered. Uh, oh, Sharp FE, yeah, it is the new spin-off series. Even if it's like a one-off, oh, even if it's like a one-off thing and it doesn't really like go anywhere, it is kind of like a new spin-off entry category thing, I guess. Um, I, I think it, I think it counts as Megaton enough for it, because I mean, yeah. all the all the spells and shit are apparently Megaton spells too, because uh, <laughs> uh, people were identifying that and saying, oh, yeah. maybe there's maybe there's more Megaton in here than we thought just through the battle system, but. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty happy with where it's going. Uh, kind of don't like the uh, uh, some of the DLC practices with PQ and SMT4 and Record Breaker. Not a f- I, I'm not a fan of when RPGs have grinding DLC. I think that's kind of scummy. Uh, like I know it's not gonna go away, and I know you don't really need it ever for anything. But like, just don't do that. Uh, Kind of think $50 Atlas games is bullshit. I'll still keep paying it for the games I want because I'm the fucking fraud. I'm that... part of the problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we are literally part of the problem. Uh, but I'd wish they'd stop doing that. You know, even if if P5 is 70 that might be where I tap out. Um, I don't know. It's rough. That's rough because I'm really fucking hyped for P5. But like $70 for one game is a lot for me to justify given my current economic situation um but yeah i I hope persona 5 turns out as amazing as we all think it's going to be uh i think if any atlas game is going to be a fucking masterpiece it'll probably be that one because i mean the amount of effort and time and energy they're putting into that one just is going to be i think like nothing we've seen come from atlas before so uh yeah i'm excited for wherever Mega 10 goes from now, and uh, I think that as time goes on, I think it's going to have more of a presence in the West, and I think, I, I don't know, I, I think uh, it'll get more recognition, and I think the fan base will grow, and I think that it'll become a mainstay in terms of big JRPG releases, if it hasn't already. Um, or even big game releases in general. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice to see. Uh so yeah, I uh, I guess that's it. That was the last email. Thank you, Sloth Attorney. Uh, I uh, I guess this is it. Um, and I think it's yeah. Ti- see a nerd's not just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's finally time to say goodbye and uh, wrap this thing up one last time. And uh, I guess just if you listened, if you've ever listened to uh, any COS episode before, even if this is your first one, thank you. Uh, this show Thanks wouldn't. Memories. Yeah, this this show wouldn't have been possible without the uh, the people that listen to it, and um, I hope you were entertained or informed or God knows what <laughs> from uh, this podcast. And uh, it uh, means a lot to me that there are so many people that showed their support over the last two years, and I think it's truly incredible that we got this far. And I am uh, 
I'm happy to say that uh, I finally created something, I guess, on the internet that I can be proud of, and it's going to stick around and uh, yeah. always be something that people can go look back on and, you know, check out. And um, I'm happy that I had an experience like COS in my life, and uh, fuck, I'm tearing up a bit, fuck me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks a lot, everyone, and uh, see you around. It's been a good one. If you, uh, you want to hear more from me and whatnot you can follow me on twitter same with katsu like we'll we'll be around even if cos isn't we'll still be around so uh don't be sad we'll still be lurking the internet yeah yeah definitely um but i guess all good things must come to an end so uh i guess this is a goodbye thank you so much everyone who listened and uh thank you katsu for uh going on this road with me yeah no problem it was fun it was fun bye everyone Later. Congratulations on completing the quest.